Hey, everybody. Yes. Welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. Yes. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by a very sad, sad human being, but the best AdWords coach on the planet, Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going? Oh, we don't care. All right. Chris, I don't want to hear how it's going, but I want you to talk about demographics. So are you excited for today? Live in the present, Chris. Live in the now. Today's episode on demographics and we got some interesting stories to talk about with income and all that kind of stuff yeah you guys be sure and stick around because i have a story you know i don't often have stories you know i'm in my house out in the i've moved out into the country now you know there's only there's very few people around me and i don't have too many stories to share you know i'm not like jason where i can you know just run around and gallivant all over my city and and have free time i don't have much of that so my stories are very limited so i'm very proud of my story that I have to share this week. Looking forward to it, Chris. So Chris, today's episode is sponsored by Directive Consulting, directiveconsulting.com, the go-to B2B and enterprise search marketing agency. They offer free custom proposals. So everyone check out their website, directiveconsulting.com. Now, Chris, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, demographics today. We're going to talk about what they are, how we use them, what data they're based on. And I think just briefly, I'll cover what they are, and then we will later on talk about how we use them and then get into the story, which relates to what they are based on. So, Chris, demographic targeting options. What are they? They are age. You can target people by different age groups in Google AdWords, Google Ads. You can target people by different genders, male, female, and you can target people by household incomes, uh, different brackets. So top 10%, and then in 10% increments down to 50, and then the lower 50% of income. And then additionally, on the display network, you can do parental status, parent, not a parent. I'm scared of being a parent, but probably going to be a parent soon. (laughs) (laughs) Rothman PPC. All right, so Chris, um, now unknown, the one thing that everyone needs to remember is that unknown is usually, Chris, would you say it's fair to say half the pie unknown? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so... So Jason's talking about gender and age and and all the different demographics that you can target in AdWords. So Google says, when we know that information, we target those people. And when we don't know, that falls into the third category, unknown, right? So gender is either male, Mm -hmm. female, or unknown. So that's why there's a third category there. And yeah, Jason, you're exactly right. I find that if you were to block unknown, you're effectively blocking at least 50% of your traffic. Mm. And my understanding is this. Um, when someone's using a device that Google does not have login information, they are not logged into YouTube or Google or any type of Google property, they have not created an account, then they don't know who they are. So they subscribe them to unknown. I'm just reeling you in right now, Chris. I'm reeling you in. Oh, reeling you in. Am I sharing too because much someone too quick? did their research. Uh-oh. Yeah, someone did their research, and I, I've got something that says to the contrary. Really? Um, but we're going to, yeah, it's interesting. We're going we're gonna to dig into it. But before we do that, Chris, let's talk about how we use demographics. I used to only focus on demographics when it came to display campaigns because they were kind of more in your face in display in the old interface. Well, yeah, it used to be the only but, option we had. Uh, if you if you haven't been in AdWords in a while, it's the only option we we had was to use demographics in display, and then they started adding it to search. 
Yeah, then they started adding it, and then now with the new interface, they make it really kind of easy and in your face to do demographics on search. Um, it used to be, especially with income on search, you had to like pick out different locations, and the income was tied to the location, but they've since changed that. Um, so, Chris, before the show, we did our normal thing, where I come up with a great idea, you try to pick it apart, and then you get convinced that it is a great idea. And I was like, Chris, we are going to talk about what the data is based on. But first, we do need to talk about how we use them. And it would be good to use this episode as a time to talk about how we use these different targeting options. And you said, no, no, our audience all knows about demographic targeting and they're already up to date on it. I challenge that, Chris. Mm. I challenge that. I challenge you. Challenge. Um, I think if we audited all of our listeners' AdWords accounts, just ad, Google Ad accounts in general, in general, I think tons of them would not have any adjustments at the demographic level. And I think that's messed up, man. I got to be honest. I think it's messed up from a guy who does a lot of B2C, a lot of like home service companies. Yeah. For example, we're building out a campaign today uh, from the great city of Ottawa, Canada, Wow. Um, that we have a window washing company based there dude man bro like i don't want to target 18 to 24 year olds because they don't own homes or businesses where they need their windows washed they need their mouths washed the (laughs) way those kids curse these days their middle name is the f word practically these days yeah but they don't have windows so i'm just taking out 18 to 24 year olds additionally chris those poor people in the bottom 50 percent of income they're worried about food. They're worried about Netflix. They're worried about, you know, whatever, just the day-to-day expenses on food and basic entertainment. They're not getting their windows washed on their mansions. So we've bid them down pretty aggressively. So have I convinced you yet, Chris, that our demographics something you look at every time you build out a Google AdWords account? Or are you still skeptical and so focused on the keyword search that brought you all the success. You love the keywords. Why would someone be searching for it if they weren't needing it? What's your Um, take these days, Chris? Yeah, I'm with you that I will exclude certain extremes. Usually it's always on the shoulders of the 18 to 24-year-olds. Honestly, that's what it it usually comes down to. If I'm going to exclude something... I knock out 18 to 24 year olds, but I rarely exclude any Unless other I'm throwing a party. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, just pause for a second because just for you guys who aren't watching on YouTube, Jason has a huge caterpillar of a mustache going across his upper lip. And he has at times popped into character and that's what you're hearing in his voice today is the character that he has what's the character's name does do you have a certain name for your I don't know. I don't give a name I just come into town find your women and blow out of town <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Well, it's been. It's uh, so. Yeah. Guys... If I'm throwing a party, uh, I want those 18 to 24 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Thank. Thank you. I'm going to call you Harold. I'm going to call you Harold. So I think that's a good. Good name. Call me um, Harry. <laughs> Harry. Harry Harold. That's it. So I usually exclude extremities of like 18 to 24, or maybe the you know the the highest bracket, the older bracket. But no, I, I mean it's yep. not like I jump in there and say. You know, thirty six to forty two is out. You know, I don't want those because you know okay. those aren't demo. And you know what? I'm always the guy defending demographics and saying you got to dig in and dig in and dig in. But like you're saying, Chris, I do overplay it up sometimes. And yes, you want to go cautious into these waters because you are limiting things when you take stuff out or, or bid down on them. And there's just situations that 
Google can't control that that come up that makes sense. So let me give you an example, Chris. Say some 45 to 54-year-olds own a large house and they want to get their windows washed, but they maybe just have iPhones and they don't even get on computers anymore when they're not at work because they're older and, and they want to spend their time watching their big TV or cooking or whatever. And they have smartphones, but they don't even like getting on them that much for internet browsing. And the time comes when they need to find the window washing company. And so they get on their kid's laptop. Okay. And because it's their kid, Google thinks they're 18 to 24 or younger, whatever, maybe in the unknown category. And at that moment, the the kid will never have searched window washing companies near me, but the parent gets on there. It's a kid's browser, basically, but they're doing their one little research search that they do once every few months. And you want to be there. So that's a situation where it would make sense to not turn something off. That goes back to, okay, if you're using keywords, then why would an 18 to 24-year-old search that if it wasn't like a weird situation like their parent using their computer? So you just want to go cautiously, and maybe I'm making the case not to turn off 18 to 24-year-olds, but uh, usually we do. Another thing to look out for, Chris, in terms of how we use them is 65-plus. Sometimes I've gotten some really bad results from 65-plus, Chris, Mm -hmm. and I think that's because I can't get in the mind of a 65. I can get in a mind of like a 50-year-old. That's kind of my temperament. But a 65-plus, I don't know what they're looking at when they see the Internet. I don't know what they're thinking. And I just think there's probably quite a few misclicks on there. Like, oh, oh no, I was looking for the Yankees score. Oh, I'm on a power-washing side. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't. But again, uh, recently we were running a campaign for – People who needed a Medicare broker. Who needs Medicare if they're under 65? No one. Only people over the age of 65 or near there need Medicare. So you don't need anybody uh, 54 or younger. So it depends on the advertiser. But I think it's something at this point, Google's gotten to the point where it is such a great option. Think about your gender. Think about your income. Think about your age demographics. Every time you make a new search campaign, at least think through it. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I think when it comes down to it, keyword search terms trump any type of decisions that you can make about your demographic that you're targeting. Oftentimes, when I work with agencies that deal with a lot of traditional uh, media, I'll get this long list of what their target demographic looks like. It's going to be a mom in her 35. She's going to have, you know, one and a half kids, and she's going to drive this type of car. And there's this long list. And in the end... That makes no difference to me. I use none of that information because that's not how a person uh, is targeted in search. So for me, when it comes to this, it comes during the optimization phase. There's the building phase of AdWords, which is when you're launching a new campaign. Uh, then there's the data gathering phase, you know, which is things are starting to you know starting to get some impressions, some clicks, some conversions. And then once you have that data, then you get into the final phase, which is the optimization, which lasts forever. Honestly, the optimization right. lasts forever. Uh, you continue doing it. That's when I start thinking about you know optimization and removing demographics and stuff like that. That's a great point, Chris. And I think um, we, we have quite a few listeners who work at agencies or people who are freelancers themselves, and they take over AdWords accounts after running for a long time. It's a great sales technique, Chris, to look at the demographic data on an account that's been running for five years and say, hey... Your, your old manager, you never consider this and look at the difference between women and men at the conversion rate 
and uh, we're going to do something about that and get you even uh, more conversions. So it's definitely an optimization thing. I think the final point would be it's not that complicated, but just definitely review that data from time to time when you're optimizing. And you will see interesting things in there, Chris. Like I have one company where uh, women just convert at a lot higher rate than men. They just do. And it wouldn't make sense to this industry. Nothing stands out why that would happen. But we don't know things about maybe the person answering the phone on the intake just deals with women a lot better than Mm. men. You just never know the individual situation. And like you always say, Chris, at that point, just go with the data. And you can bid up women, bid down men, and get a better conversion rate, lower cost per conversion, more conversion. So it's, it's an optimization thing. And that's how you and I both use it. Now, we're about to get into the super interesting stuff on what this data is based on. And that kind of will inform how much stock you put into it. But before we do that, Chris, I want to take a second to talk about today's sponsor, Directive Consulting, directiveconsulting.com. They are a go-to B2B search engine marketing agency. And this week's growth story is describing their work with a top cybersecurity company. This company had a top-notch brand, innovative products, but they were struggling to gain traction online and they were worried about jumping in to seo jumping in to adwords because it was a busy developed industry chris you and i hear this all the time people have a solid business they have a great website a great brand they want to jump in there on adwords but they're scared because they see seven ads four at the top three at the bottom and they think how am i ever going to compete i it's too busy it's too competitive But luckily, this cybersecurity company found Directive Consulting. In the first quarter, Directive was able to increase their organic traffic by 128%. They were able to increase their overall leads by 251%. Directive did this for this company, and I know they can do it for you. Head over to directiveconsulting.com. They offer free custom proposals. You got nothing to lose. Request your free custom proposal and find out what Directive can do for you. So Chris, talking about age, gender, household income, and then additionally on display parental status, we need to know what this stuff is based on. Um, And I'm just going to quickly run through this article that Google has, Chris, um, because it talks about demographics. It talks about uh, like age and gender and stuff and how they figure that out. But it doesn't talk about specifically income. And that's what I want to pick your brain on about in a second. But just to get some information from Google, and we'll we'll have this link in the show notes, they basically say, how does Google determine demographic information? So this is the interesting thing here, Chris. They say, when people are signed in from their Google account, we may use demographics derived from their settings or activities on Google properties, depending on their account status. They can edit their information and their settings. Uh, In addition, some sites might provide us with demographic information that people share on certain websites, such as social networking sites. So let me translate that for everybody. We have no clue. Uh, they, (laughs) They look at your account settings, but they also are saying they get information from your activity on Google properties. In addition, Uh, Some sites provide Google with demographic information, including social networking sites. So it's not only what's in your Gmail, Google account, your settings, but it's also the way you browse the Internet and different sites you visit while you're logged into your account. But here's the interesting thing. For people who aren't signed into their Google account, we sometimes infer their demographic information based on their activity from Google properties or the display network. 
For example, when people browse YouTube or sites on the display network, I guess that means sites that are running AdSense, I think, um, Google may store an identifier in their web browser using a cookie. That browser may be associated with certain demographic categories based on sites that were visited. So, for example, Sarah's favorite hobby is gardening. Many of the gardening sites and blogs on the display networks that she visits have a majority female readers. Based on this, Sarah's browser, when she's not signed in from her Google account, could be added to the female demographic category. As a result, Google may show Sarah ads from advertisers who have chosen to show their ads to women. So they're looking at your settings in your Google account. They're looking at your traffic sites you visit on the display network. Uh, when you're logged into your account, they're getting information from sites, including s- social networking sites. But this is something I didn't know before today. Even when you're logged out of your Google account, so you're not even logged into an account, Google looks at what your browser is seeing on the display network, different sites that run Google ads. And they're saying, okay, this browser looks at sites that are related to gardening. Gardening is related to women quite a bit. We're going to go ahead and make the call that this is a female browser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I do the same thing with age as well. So Chris, news to you. It was news to me this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I never really dug into it because it didn't really make a difference to me as an advertiser, but because we're so focused on keywords. Yeah. I mean, we're focused on the results of this data, not so much where the data comes from, but the reason That's we're talking about this is because of an email that I was forwarded from a from a client. And, and we'll read the email here in just a second. But you know, this came into question because, Jason, what you said was very interesting. We have to be very clear. You said in your, your read there, you said the word cookie, but Google does not read what is on your browser cookie. Google does not look at what your um, what websites you're going to. This is only information that is publicly, well, not publicly, but only information that's garnered through a network of what Google already has out there. If Google has ads on a certain site, they're able to see that this browser went to this page and they can they can have a cookie that assigns that, uh, that specific browser, that specific device, an ID number, and then they know what this person's doing. So, I want to draw a difference because in a second I'll be reading this email and you'll notice the words that are used in the email uh, manipulate the meaning of exactly what Google's doing. And it makes it sound as though Google has way more information and power into individual and personal information than they really do. And that's not the case. They use information acquired through their network, through what someone's doing, but not you personally, not your device not what's in your uh, your browser history and not just, you know, stuff that they can just pull off of your device and download it and use it. Yeah, it's not, it's kind of like, from what I gather from that article, Chris, obviously they don't, if you don't have a Google account, they're not going into your browser and looking at every site. Like, right. it's obviously not what's happening. But it almost seems like that for a certain percent of the websites you visit because what they're saying is, if you go to sites with the display network and you're logged out of your Google account, they'll still associate your browser with different sites that they have code on through the display network, through people running ads. And then that's how they kind of see the mosaic of that browser. So they can kind of, I would say they can kind of see what sites you visited, at least sites they have ads on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. again, 
call me naive, but I, I, it does not make sense to me that they go, oh, this is Jason Rothman's browser. He lives here. He like, I don't think they do that, Chris. I think it's all about just cookies and code and yeah. Call me naive, but I, there's nothing you can do. I mean, it's on. People are running AdSense. You're browsing the internet. Yeah, yeah. So, Jason, if you think now's a good time, I'll go ahead and read this because I think it'd be a good time to kind of differentiate a line between. You what can, you can, but I, I want you to be like, uh, I want you to be like the government. I want you to redact some things, Chris. This, this isn't I 2002. Did. My I name's did. not 50 Cent. You're not Jaw Rule. I don't have beef <laughs> with people. Okay. Well, this was an interesting example that you found, but there's no need to create behind the music. Okay, when Jason gets shot when he's going out to get his mail, I don't need that in my life. Well, I got enough people threatening me. Okay, so some redact some names here, Chris. Redact some right. unique identifiers. Yeah. Don't put any cookies on this email. Just do your thing here, Chris. <laughs> but keep that in mind. Okay, keep that in mind. Thank you, Jason. Always the cautious one when we're on air, but very aggressive when he's off air. That's very. It's very interesting. Thank you. Uh, I guess that's uh, that's Harry Harold talking. Chris right. Chris Schaefer, passive aggressive on the air, passive aggressive off the air. Very interesting. <laughs> exactly very the same. Exactly the same on and off air. That's right. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So this is from Mister Nobody. Okay, and I'm just going to read or it. Or Mrs. Nobody, or Mrs. Nobody, or a group of people, or a business, or oh, an association gosh. of Come retired people. On. We don't even know. Come on. I'm messing with you. <laughs> All right, here's the email. It's very short. Google Ads, formerly AdWords, has added new targeting options that would allow you to drive affluent visitors to your website. This includes using... That's true so far. True so far. True so far. Here's where it makes a big difference. This includes using IRS tax return data. Let's highlight that and put a question mark next to it. Uh, as well as a user's <laughs> browsing and search history to identify high-income residents in uh, said city. Okay? Or not said city. Redacted city, I should say. Okay. Affluent targeting allows certain advertisers to generate quality leads in a way that has not previously been possible okay so let's break this down real quick i want to hey chris first... can you give us some context this was give us some context this was uh this was an one email... of your clients getting a pitch from some other a cold kind of email person. yeah this is a cold pitch email directly to someone that has ads out out there and they're literally just trying to squeeze the client and get them to jump by using inflated language that if was true, would be a huge lawsuit for Google because this insinuates that that Google has IRS tax return data on individuals, which is ridiculous. So let, let's jump on that first. And browser history. And browser history and search history to identify. Total browser history. To identify who they are. So the whole context here is that they know how much you make, they know who you are, they know what you're searching, and they know what, what websites you're going to, and they're serving you ads based on that information. That is a half-truth. And honestly, when I hear half-truth, half that means it's a lie, because there is no half-truth. It's either a lie or the truth. So I'm gonna, I say this is absolutely a lie, and let's break it down with the first thing, IRS tax return data. I was curious, and I wanted to go straight to the source, so I called up my peeps at Google, and I said, listen, I need to get some information here. I'm pretty sure I know what's correct, but I want you to tell me, does Google have IRS tax return data? And Jason, to my surprise, they said, well, yes, we use tax return data, IRS tax return data. And I was like, well, really? That's, wow, that, that sounds scary. And they said, well, 
we use publicly available information across the entire United States and parse that down to a zip code and use what's in that zip code to assign a person that's searching within that zip code a qualitative amount of income data for that zip code. So 90210 is going to have a different zip code than 0451, right? Because these are separate sides of the country, different types of uh, area codes, and individual information is not assigned. It is a generic, publicly accessible information. And beyond that, there's even some privately purchased information that's acquired through surveys and data through credit bureaus and stuff like that. This stuff can be purchased by anybody, and Google just uses what's on the market. This is not personal information. This is not something that Google can say, X person makes $40,000 a year. We're going to serve as to them based on how much they make because we know what their tax information is. Totally incorrect. So the income bracket, top 10%, top 20, whatever, that is primarily, not primarily, but when they say IRS data, that's based on the overall IRS data that's publicly available per zip code? Yes. The information is broken down to the zip code level. But yes, I mean, it's public information. Then just to be clear, the person, when a person does a search, they are assigned a specific zip code because there's nowhere that you're not going to get a zip code. An ISP is going to provide a zip code for that location. That location is going to have data assigned to it. An idea of what percentage that person is in. If they're in a zip code that the average income is 40,000, they're going to place that on a bracket according to where that is nationally. Is that in the top 30%, 40%, 50%, top 10%? It's going to assign that a certain bracket. And then that's where we as advertisers make judgments on how we bid. So you are not bidding on individuals. You are merely bidding on public information available at a generic level. That's the yeah. truth. Now, one, one thing, uh, I don't think we know the answer to this, but I'm going to figure it out from Google and maybe get back to everyone on the show, is if I'm targeting the great state of Oklahoma, and I say top 10% of income, is that the top 10% of income in Oklahoma, in the area I'm targeting, or is it the top 10% of income nationally, which would be smaller than the top, because the top 10% in Oklahoma is going to be a lower income than the top 10% nationally, right? Um, I think. So I'm wondering, like you say you're targeting just a city, like uh, say like Albuquerque. Top 10% in Albuquerque is going to be a lower number than top 10%, say, if you did Los Angeles. So that's something we'll have to get from them. But um, what's interesting here, Chris, is it really does matter. You told me the kind of client it is. It, it really would be good for this client to target people who were affluent, uh, because the more money they have, the more money he's going to make. But the person sending this email, there was no need to stretch the truth. Yeah. Which, if someone's stretching the truth, we call that a lie. Yeah. The part that I had a problem with that I, just infuriated me was, it says, has new targeting options that will allow you to drive affluent visitors to your website. This includes using IRS tax return data, as well as a user's browsing and search history. Okay. So that when you read that as a full thought, it infers that, uh, they're using tax return data as well as a user's, that's the difference, browser. So next we get into the browser and search idea here. So Jason, as you said, browser and search data, that is a misrepresentation of what 
is actually being used to gather information. This is not locally stored on your computer. Here, here's the difference. This person is inferring in their email that the information that they're using is locally available on that person's hard drive and Google's using that. That's not true. That person has a locally stored cookie which has a number on it. Th that number references databases that have information about certain cookies that have made decisions about gender and all this kind of stuff. But they don't open up your browser history and go through it and make decisions about what ads you're going to see. That's not the case at all. So that's the second part that I really have a problem with because this is not locally available information. This is information that Google has gathered through their own network, which is a private company looking to do this on their own and gather it within their own reach. Yeah. And if you go to someone's website who has Google AdSense, um, which makes them part of the display network, you're giving up some data. Like you they're getting some data from you, even if you don't click on an ad. And that's just the name of the game. Like you're giving something to them, some anonymized data, and then you're getting back some probably free content. Yeah. Um, so that's just the way it goes. But uh, I think this was a good discussion, Chris. Um, just recapping all of our demographic options when it comes to search, especially, and then knowing what level to use them at. And, and for us, it's kind of like thinking about them as we enter a new campaign build, but it's more of an optimization thing, seeing what the data brings in. And then thirdly, just to doing your research, doing your homework, uh, reading these articles, and then Chris called Google about the income thing, knowing what the data is based on, and then making a decision how much stock to put into it, and, and that sort of thing. But it, it's at least good to know what it is based on. Um, so Chris, I think that was a good discussion. Um, for more discussions, everyone, tune in every Monday to the Paid Search Podcast. I want to take a second to talk about the PPC Questions and Answers Show. New episodes come out every Tuesday, every Wednesday. Uh, we take your questions and we answer your questions directly. It's one question per episode, and you can send us your questions at paidsearchpodcast.com on the contact page. So if you have a specific question, send it in. And Chris, with that said, that's all I've got this week. Do you have anything to add? We will catch you guys next week. Today's growth story is all about search engine marketing. The company we're highlighting is Sentinel One. This challenger cybersecurity brand was set out to disrupt the endpoint protection space. Their brand was top-notch, their product was innovative, but they were struggling to gain traction online in an already developed industry. Then they found Directive Consulting, a B2B search marketing agency. Within the first quarter of working with Directive, Sentinel One was able to increase their organic traffic by 128%, and overall lead volume by an outstanding 251%. Now, I have a hunch that Directive can get these kind of results for you too, so head over to directiveconsulting.com and request a totally free custom proposal. That's directiveconsulting.com.